This episode of the Fellowship Podcast is the second part of a conversation I had with Joe Clough, a CMF missionary in Kenya. We talked through the ministry model known as disciple-making movements. On this second part of our interview, we get more into the strategic and tactical implementation of the DMM model, and we spend a fair amount of time talking through the practice of discovery Bible studies, which are often referred to as DBS. If you haven't listened to episode 12, I would suggest hitting pause and giving that a listen first to establish a foundation for the second part of our interview. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. Okay, so that makes sense. So this is then in 2016, towards the end of the year that you got these three guys and you started working through these these principles and strategies. When would the time frame have been for that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm meeting with these guys uh, just to kind of do the awareness um, yeah, every four to six months. And so that was a couple of year process uh, as we took them through a training, the original eight who were church leaders and mm-hmm. would not be involved in the DMM work, mm-hmm. and then their disciples. And so we took them all through this training. Um, and and that, like I said, that was two to three year process. Oh, wow. Um, because of the time frame. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, we have enough awareness that uh, I've got the, the agreement within the leadership mm-hmm. of the CCC churches that we can do DMM. They don't think we're a bunch of heretics, <laughs> uh, which, which is real, you know, and yeah, sure. which is something that I that I actually highlight mm-hmm. um, when I when I go in. So let's talk then. You, you mentioned uh, training mm-hmm. and that it took sometimes two to three years with folks. Can we talk a little nuts and bolts on? Like, is there a curriculum for disciple making movements? What is this? discovery Bible study thing that you mentioned too, and how does that fit in within the paradigm? Like thinking specifically about these three, these three young men, the Timothys that you were working with, what did the training look like? Like, are they doing their day jobs? Kind of like the guy that you met that told you initially, or that God used as that final spark. Were they, were they working other jobs, but then taking this training on the side or was their whole focus uh, the training and then implementing that training. So can you walk us through the nuts and bolts of what that looks like? And maybe we can glean a little bit on how someone could replicate this uh, in, in one of their own settings. Yeah, th- there really isn't a set curriculum. Um, for example, when David Watson uh, was preparing all of his stuff, uh, he would send, have uh, his, his, um, materials either of course in a word or pdf format yeah you looked at his materials they always had a watermark across a huge watermark that said draft across Mm -hmm. the page and he did that on purpose because he would tell everyone he would say look this this is what i do but i'm calling it a a draft because you've got to contextualize it Hmm. we really don't have a fixed curriculum okay have are a set of principles and then we look at our contacts and try to apply okay so in kenya uh we have and this i borrowed from the kenyan ministry that's doing uh, mm-hmm. there already okay we have seven uh 
parts of what we call the DMM cycle. All right. Okay. So parts one through seven, pray, go, look for a person of peace, start a DBS, form a church, choose leaders for the church, and then go to another place. Okay. And we drill people on that seven part DMM cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that forms the overall ethos, the what we do as disciple makers. Okay. When I look at that, those seven parts, um, and then I, I then look at my context and I say, okay, what are these people going to struggle with the most? Mm -hmm. And that's where I start. Oh. So um, when I look at the Kenyan churches from which I'm trying to develop disciple makers, they, those people, they already pray. I mean, yeah. they shame in their prayer lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. They are also bold. They're not secular like me. They have no problem going out and sharing their faith. So pray and go, they get. Okay. Look for person of peace. What's this person of peace? Mm -hmm. okay, that's where I start. And I can usually get them to understand that concept within, you know, a couple hours. And then step four, start a discovery Bible study. This is where I drill it because discovery Bible studies are so completely out of their education and church culture mm -hmm. that their minds. Yeah. So when, when we hear the, often hear the phrase Bible study, our Christian culture here in the United States, but also in Kenyan Christian culture has a certain framework for what that is. Right. Like you're saying a discovery Bible study, mm -hmm. a different format. It's a different, it's a reframing of that concept. Right. Uh, discovery Bible study. The leader of a discovery Bible study is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. The text is the Bible, of course, mm -hmm. and it's obedience based. You want to see people go out and try to implement what the Holy Spirit is teaching them from the text that he inspired. And so the, the first thing that blows people's minds is, OK, who's the teacher? You know, and, and they stand up. I don't know how it was for you in Ethiopia, yeah. but in every Kenyan setting, oh, you're the teacher. Immediately they stand up mm -hmm. and they start, you know, hierarchically saying, OK, I'm going to pass on information mm -hmm. to you because I'm the expert. Yeah. No, no, no. no. OK, mm -hmm. it's you got the, the Bible there mm -hmm. and you have a series of questions and. All you have is a facilitator and maybe a secretary. Those two are chosen by the group. The pastor's not there training them. The missionary's not there doing it. I'll go in and I'll show them how to do it the first time or two. But yeah. after that, I'm not there. Okay. It's the pastor. And so this blows their mind and, and they really struggle with it. And so that's why I started in Kenya. Now, let's compare that to the American context, which many of us know. In America, we are highly entrepreneurial in our education. Mm -hmm. So I can usually train someone in DBS, a Discovery Bible Study, in you know, a couple hours, a group, and, and they'll get it because they're used to thinking outside the box mm -hmm. when it comes to learning. However, when I look at those seven uh, parts of the DMM cycle, pray, go, look for a person of peace, start a DBS, so on, it's the first two that we struggle with in America. We are bad at prayer mm -hmm. and sharing our faith with someone or having a spiritual conversation. Whoa, I don't want to be weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's where when I enter the, the American church now on furlough, mm -hmm. those are the two that I hammer because those are the where we get. Uh, uh, right. up. And it's coming back to that that big principle of contextualization that you can have yeah. seven principles of a DBF or of the disciple making movement cycle, but you got to contextualize it. Exactly. The country or even the people group within a country that you're working with. Right. So could you real quick, thinking about Kenya and you saying that you highlight Discovery Bible Studies, DBS, with mm. folks, what, is the, what are the questions? So you're saying the Holy Spirit's the teacher, the Bible's the text, but there are some mm. questions that you walk through mm. as a group when you're reading this that you're, you're hoping are kind of, I guess, Holy, Holy Spirit-led. What are those questions usually? Yeah. Um, you start off, the, the group comes together and they'll have a facilitator, someone they, they themselves have chosen, chosen. And the group is small. Uh, usually it's between two and six people, usually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in African context, of course, it gets larger. Yeah. Um, so this group comes together. Facilitator just has a list of questions, starts off with, OK, what are you thankful for? And each person goes around and says what they're thankful for. So that's question one. Question one. What are you thankful for? Okay. Question two. Um, what are your challenges or stressors? Mm -hmm. How can we help? That's the second question and the follow-up. Yeah. Question three. What are challenges or issues in our community and how can we help? Mm -hmm. And then after that, you go in the, for the first meeting, you would go into the Bible study portion. Mm -hmm. The follow up meeting, of course, because this is obedience based, you'd have those initial three. And then the fourth question would be okay, last week we studied this text, and Jake, you said you were going to do ABC. How did it go? Mm -hmm. And that's the accountability. Okay. So the first question, what are you thankful for? Second question, what are your challenges, stressors? Third question, what are the challenges, stressors in our community? Fourth question for weeks two and following is how did it go last week? Mm -hmm. What that happens, what, what you want, and because you're meeting with a group of people who may or may not be Christians, um, is you have them every week practicing these questions, but you're having them practice being a church. Hmm. Yeah. What are you thankful for? That becomes worship and adoration of God. What are your challenges? That becomes ministry to the one another's. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are the challenges of our community? That becomes ministry to the wider community. And then uh, how did it go last week? That's the accountability. Mm -hmm. Then you do the Bible study where the people are just uh, repeating the scripture, getting it in their minds, putting it in their own words. Mm -hmm. Then there are a series of questions after that. Okay. What does this tell us about God? Mm -hmm. What does this tell us about people? Mm -hmm. Is there a command to obey or, or what are we going to do because of this scripture? And number four, who are we going to tell? Okay. So the facilitator then that's selected by the group is walking the group through those questions. Yeah. It's the group questions talking about the thankfulness, the stressors, what mm -hmm. are they doing or how did things go? But they also facilitate then those four questions for the Bible study component as well. Is that correct? 
Right. And so then the uh, if if the group is an educated context where they would have a secretary, that secretary would write out the responses of, you, you know, Jake said that uh, he's going to do ABC and he's going to tell his friend Bob. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the facilitator would meet with the coach, if it's me in this case, the mm -hmm. disciple maker, sometime later in the week and would have that that paper, if it's a literate group, from the secretary. And I would look through it and say, okay, Jake said he's going to do this and talk to this person. But, uh, you know, Mike said, la, 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 la. You know, Sally said so on. And I would check through it. And then I would give, I would talk to the, the facilitator, coach them, make sure they're okay and give them the scripture for the following week. And then I go back and pray for the group. Okay. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something interesting to me and I, I'm kind of chewing on it is this component of literacy. Yeah. I, East Africa, literacy is a major challenge for a number of people groups in countries like Kenya, Ethiopia, Tanzania. I think that's probably true in a number of the contexts where we have CMF missionaries. We think of Bible study still, and you've mentioned it, that the text is, or the text for the study is, is the Bible, is the book. How does that play out for a pre-literate group of people? Um, yeah. do, do you guys delve into that? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I personally have not done so much of the oral methods because uh, where I work in Kenya in the South and the West, there is a fairly high level of literacy. And usually in every group that I've been a part of, there's been one person who could read. Mm -hmm. um, our other, my other teammates, uh, Joel Williams and Eric Pitts working up amongst the Turkana, mm -hmm. uh, do a lot more with uh, people who are oral learners. And so they, what they do is um, as coaches, when they meet with the facilitator during the week, to prepare them for the upcoming DBS meeting, they would um, read through or tell the text to that person and have the facilitator repeat it orally and learn it. And so at that point, you're using Bible storying methods okay. to, to get it into an oral learning context. And the difference between storing and storytelling is that storing, you're asking for the audience to participate. You're going to be asking... Yeah questions you're still using the four key questions that you ask for the the text study but mm -hmm. you're doing it in this oral format you're you're from an orality standpoint you're wanting them to follow yeah. the story based off of those questions is that correct yeah you want uh, and however you actually do the actual bible study portion of it mm -hmm. the goal is you've got to pedagogically have to do it in a way that's going to get this scripture into mm -hmm. the hearts of the people. Yeah. So for example, if you're working in an American or Western context that is highly literate, we often use what's a, called a three column study. We take a, a piece of uh, uh, paper, Yeah. We, you know, your standard eight and a half by 11 paper, we turn it landscape sideways, we fold it in three parts. Mm -hmm. the, the first column, it, we write out the scripture word for word. The mm -hmm. second column, we write it out in our own words. Okay. And the process of writing it out word for word mm -hmm. and then writing it out in our own words for a literate person puts the scripture into our hearts. Sure. And the third column, we would 
put our I, I will statements. You know, what am I going to do? Who am I going to tell? Wow. Now that's an illiterate context in, in the West. In oral learning context, you're not going to have an, an A4 or eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. <laughs> Instead, it's going to be these storytelling methods where you've got give and take and you're asking people to repeat the story mm -hmm. and getting them involved so that the story goes into their hearts and then they're able to, to obey it and share it on their own. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, thinking still on the nuts and bolts piece, I mean, I imagine someone that's listening to this episode would want to know, where do you start? I mean, the Bible's massive. People will ask that all the time anyway. Like, where do you start if you're going to do a Bible study when it comes to disciple-making movements and using the principles of a discovery Bible study? Where do you guys start? What, is there a certain passage or a certain place that you start in the Bible with folks? Yeah. Um, okay. Now, again, I'm going to be, this is where I'm going to be particular and picky. I'm going to say it starts with prayer. Absolutely. Okay? Mm -hmm. So make sure you're praying, number one, mm -hmm. and seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance. And then uh, you're going to grab a group in your own context, uh, mm -hmm. be your family members. So the, the what scripture do we use? Yeah. Uh, for those of us who are missionaries, we're already believers. Just, yeah. you know, Get out Bible Gateway or Google a scripture and start. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, if you already have a small group of believers meeting, Sunday school class, whatever, a home group study, you want to try it, you know, just yeah. uh, set up your own own scriptures as you figure it out. Yeah. Now, if you are as a missionary trying to go into another culture then this is where the rubber meets the road. If you're going in a context that already is of another faith, you know, whether it's Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, what have you, then we have a foundational study, which is called creation to Christ. Okay. And um, you can just, I can share a link later, or you can Google it online, creation to Christ. And what it is, it's one that pr practitioners have been using for, you know, 20 years around the world, a list of 26 scriptures. That's 26 weeks. That's going to be six months. Yeah. Never show that to a group of people. They'll be like, six uh, months? I'm not, I'm not going to commit to that. I can't take through tomorrow. No yeah, way. Right. <laughs> but but it's, it's for, it's, it's actually for you as the coach, you've got a yeah. list of 26 scriptures. And they're big chunks of scripture. I mean, we're talking 10 verses, 15, 20 verses, mm -hmm. starting in the book of Genesis, going all the way through and ending with John chapter three, which we know. What must I do to be saved? Repent and be that. You know, you, you must. What must I do to be saved? And then, uh, you know, yeah. uh, 3.16, for God so loved the world, he, he mm -hmm. gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. um, so. The, the reason that that is set up that way is because, like, if you're dealing with Muslims, they view the Old Testament as uh, holy writ. Yeah, it's, a, it's a part of the, the holy book. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not dealing with Muslims, if you're dealing with either Buddhists or Hindus, we've got to start with the, the Holy Spirit working through the scriptures to reform their view of who God is. Yeah. So that's why we start with Genesis and go okay. all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that creates a Christ. And you do that also with traditional African uh, religious 
practitioners as well. Like you would, you're starting with creation as well. Cause they might have a different concept of yeah. God or a God above the spirits and in, in their vicinity or in their area. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, and there are a number of studies afterward, oftentimes when, okay. So the theory is you take people through creation to Christ. This is a, a small group of non-believers mm-hmm. and at the end of it, you know, every week they're asking, okay, what does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about humanity? What am I going to do? And who am I going to tell? Yeah. And so they get down to John chapter three. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? What's the command here? Mm-hmm. You must be born again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to lead these lost people to a place where they have obeyed the scriptures and now they're making a decision. Yeah. Scripture is telling them to make a decision. And at that point, theoretically, the whole group would come to faith in Christ and be baptized and be a church. Yeah. Then after that, you have a, a number of other studies, which are mostly they're 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 almost like concordance groupings, the topical mm-hmm. concordance groupings, where you would do a study on church leadership, you do a study on uh persecution. That's usually an early one for okay. us. Mm-hmm. Um you do a study on um, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, all these things. That yeah. Where, where would someone uh, within CMF find those secondary components of a discovery Bible study and the discipleship making a disciple making movement? Yeah. I can, where, where can they, we find those curricula? Yeah. I can go ahead and post uh, some of these lists of scriptures, these okay. scripture lists. But to be honest, uh, many of us, as missionaries, you know, we can, we already have an idea of yeah. where we'd like these groups as we're coaching them to go. And so we would just get on Bible gateway and do the, the same thing. But what I'll do is I will link you Jake with those, and then you can disseminate them as you see. Perfect. Fit. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That'd be good. I, th- I think there are a number of people that would want to tap into some of those resources for their own reference uh, and for their own ministries and thinking about, okay, how can I implement it? you know, make that pivot towards a disciple making movement. How can I implement discovery Bible study principles and, and have a framework for where to hit the ground running with, with different people. Cause I can see this being a model that would be effective in a, a context like Spain, working with international, uh, with, uh, university students in mm-hmm. Spain, as well as in rural Ethiopia or in this, in Mexico city. Um, and, but a number of our missionaries are probably also hearing this and thinking, okay, I, I need some, some help or like a little bit of a catalyst of, of knowing which direction to move in with that. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Just as a word, let me interject. We do have yeah. uh, on Microsoft Teams, uh, you know, CMF, we're, we're a Microsoft shop. And so on Microsoft yeah. Teams, we do have a general CMF DMM uh, channel. So, uh, you know, people want to log into that. We've got some of the these documents and stuff up there as well. Okay. No, that's huge. And I think that we'll probably want to even flesh that out further as, as this discussions and conversations from this podcast episode uh, kind of disseminate and go out further. Uh, I think people are going to want to really tap into that uh, resource within the CMF family. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up this time here, uh, Joe, it's been awesome. And I personally learned a lot. I've also reflected it in listening to you on some of the things that we did in our ministry uh, in Ethiopia. Um, but I'd love to hear just maybe one story. Some, some folks maybe haven't heard it before. Um, and thinking about 
what disciple making movements look like and how someone can take the discovery Bible study uh, principle and run with it. Uh, you shared a story uh, a few weeks back that I heard about a woman that was making chai at one of these trainings. Mm -hmm. Could you share that story with us uh, as we round out our time? Cause I think it will really just yeah. highlight all the things that we've talked yeah. about here for the last uh, little bit uh, and close this out in a really powerful way. Yeah, this was early on in this last term in 2016 when God was really hammering me with the reality that the Holy Spirit is in charge and not me. Mm -hmm. So um, the end of 2016, I had referenced earlier uh, that we went up and I did a training uh, in a new place where I'd never been before. And we were talking about DBS because that's where I start with in Kenya just because it's really hard for people, Kenyans, to get that. Mm -hmm. So we're doing this training. We're in a, a meeting in a room, a mud and wattle building, tin roof. You know the, you know the scene. Yeah. Uh, and um, I've got about 30 people there in the training. Mm -hmm. And as an experienced missionary, you're looking around, and you're seeing, okay, that person gets it. That person is asleep. That, I mean, you know how it is. You know, yeah. you know it's it. Hot, it's hot, the 10 roofs radiating right. the heat down on everybody. <laughs> and so, you know, I, it, yeah, exactly. So I've got in my mind, I've got a couple of people out of that group that, mm -hmm. that I've identified as, you know, they're getting it. Mm -hmm. So I told the guy hosting and I said, okay, I won't be able to be back here for six weeks, a month and a half. But when we come back, mm -hmm. then we'll do a follow up and, and see. Um, how things are going. And I'd already pegged in my mind these couple people in the room who seemed to yeah. be getting it. Yeah. Go back to Nairobi to where I live. About a month later, four weeks later, this pastor, this church leader came to me and he hands me this, this notebook about inch thick full of loose leaf papers. Yeah. And I said, what's this? And he said, well, these are the uh, three column DBS Bible studies. I said, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, um, we, we took the training that you did and, and the, these people, they started doing it. These are their, their, all of their notes that they took when they did the three-column Bible study. And I looked through and sure enough, it's all there. Yeah. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, you left and um, Relius um, started a group. And I said, well, well who's Relius? <laughs> yeah. And, You're like, that's not one of the ones that was yeah, still awake. Yeah, the, the people who are with it. Uh -huh. and, and he said, well, Relius, he was the cook who was cooking the chai outside about, you know, 20 yards away at the open fire. And sure enough, this woman, you know, she'd go out and make the chai and then she'd duck her head into the, the doorway of the room, listen for a bit, run back out and make more chai. And so it was the cook. Mm -hmm. who started it and she they she formed a group in her home village um her son who a 14 year old boy was the facilitator wow and then her neighbor started an, another group and then from there um because of the way god moved in in her group another lady lady came in from another place we trained her she went back to her home began another group i never would have chosen it and, and that's the beauty of it, really, is that it's not about me. It's about uh, us just doing what God told us to do while his harvest field mm -hmm. is brought in because it's ready. The people yeah. are ready. 
you're staying faithful to what you're doing and then allowing God to produce those results. Uh, yeah. That's really amazing, Joe. Well, Joe, this, this has been a great time. I feel like it's been filled with a great deal of uh, insight and wisdom from you. And I feel like we could probably talk for two or three more hours here uh, through the principles, the ideas, and even some of the stories that you have. Uh, but let's round out the time here. And uh, I look forward to seeing what comes from, from this and even maybe the ways that disciple-making movements and discovery Bible studies will take off in some of our fields as a result of this podcast you gave to us. Uh, and Joe, man, we are so grateful for you and your 25 years of service uh, to CMF International and to just being faithful to what God is doing among the people in Kenya. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank this. you very much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast on disciple-making movements. I hope just like me, you were encouraged and challenged by this conversation with Joe on disciple-making movements. And hopefully, you will come away from this episode with the desire to see how God can use you to be a catalyst for a disciple-making movement wherever you're at, be it someplace here in the States or some other far-flung part of the globe. If you would like some of the materials that Joe mentioned on this episode, please send me an email. Uh, again, my name is Jake Morse. It's J-A-K-E. M-O-O-R-E at C-M-F-I dot O-R-G. Jake Moore at C-M-F-I dot O-R-G. Email me and I will connect you up with these resources that we mentioned on this episode. And actually, would you do one other thing for us? Would you mind getting on your podcast platform and liking or rating the Fellowship Podcast? This will ensure that more people can come across awesome episodes like this one. Now, get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.